Louise McSharry on 2FM. Now, though, it is that time, my friends. It's just gone half ten on a Sunday morning. That means it's time for us to chat through the celebs. What have they been up to? What are they at? I'm joined by the one and only Cassie Delaney, a founder of Tall Tales Podcast Production, to take us through the stories. Hello, Cass. Hi, Louise. How, How are, are you? you? I'm, I'm great. <laughs> Jinx. Okay, I'll, I'm going to stop now and I'll let you speak. <laughs> No, actually, I'm not. I'm going to keep talking. Um, okay, we've got a lot to talk about, but let's start with Brittany. I feel like we're starting with Brittany every week, but I think it's important to get an update on what's going on. So important. So this is like one of the biggest pop culture stories, I suppose, of the year and one of the most significant uh, stories of a woman working in the media for the last couple of years. So as we know, Britney Spears has been under conservatorship for 13 years. I know you've talked about it loads on the show and, and Louise Bruton, the like unofficial Britney correspondent of the world, has, has been on to talk us through it. Um, so basically, within the last couple of weeks, we've had Britney's testimony, that kind of 24 minutes where she went in depth into how she feels about it. Then we had this great long read last weekend in The New Yorker from Ronan Farrow and Gia Tolentino going through how it kind of came to be and who was involved. And it really seems like it was put in place for sort of nefarious means, like it wasn't it wasn't to protect Britney. And we, mm. we've known that for a really long time. So after that kind of testimony, and I think a lot of the media pieces coming out about it, a lot of celebrities have now rode in behind their support of Britney. So we have the likes of Katy Perry, Mariah Carey, um, Paris Hilton, uh, Miley Cyrus on, and Christina Aguilera all coming together and trying to put this like super Avengers um, legal fund behind Britney to, to kind of get her the, the right legal support. Yeah, because of course she doesn't have access to her own money. She doesn't have access to her own money. She didn't get to choose her court-appointed attorney. And interestingly, the court-appointed attorney, Sam Ingman, Ingham, uh, stepped down this week. So mm. he announced that he's going to resign from that position. And, you know, as he should, because as the New Yorker po- piece pointed out, he earns over 100 grand more than Britney every year at representing her. Uh, and it's been kind of proven that he's had the interests of Jamie Spears in mind rather than looking after Britney. So he's had to step back. Hopefully now she can get the support that she needs. Her manager has also stepped back this week and resigned from the position saying that, you know, he's he hasn't actually spoken to Britney in two and a half years and he doesn't want to push her into work anymore. And, yeah. You know, so he's kind of, his name has been thrown in there as someone who's forced her to work for the last 13 years. Uh, he's kind of denying that now and it seems that maybe he didn't have as much of an input as we maybe thought he might have had. As yeah, it's all it's all kind of murky, and it's hard to know who knew what and 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 whose motivations were what and why people did stuff. But it, what it, it seems very clear is that now that Britney has spoken herself. Mm-hmm it's very hard for anyone to stand by what's going on. So I think that's why we're seeing these resignations. It's like, look, I don't want to be a part of whatever this is. I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, exactly. So there's loads of people who, especially since the New Yorker piece where they laid out like how much money everybody's making off this conservatorship. Loads of people have stepped back and been like, no, that's not me. We've seen um, Lynn Spears has petitioned to the court in support of Britney this week as well, which is great because she had previously been quite silent about it. The only thing she had said previously in interviews was that she had mixed feelings about it whereas now she's really getting behind Britney and supporting her decisions and I think that everyone's kind of going after Jamie Spears now and being like this is not right and you know you are you are not going to be in control anymore hopefully fingers crossed I'm very excited about the prospect of a free Britney I have to say yeah um, now <laughs> from that to something I don't even know how to describe this Nick Cannon um, is out here like a seahorse Cassie I mean what 
what a way to describe yourself. The seahorse as well is like the least sexy sea creature <laughs> I can think of. Like just a real delicate little sort of bouncy thing out in the sea. So Nick Hannon has had his seventh child um, recently, but his fourth child this year. Yeah. And he's basically out there saying, look, he doesn't have accidents. There's plenty of people in his life he could have gotten pregnant and he chose not to. I'm like, fair play, sir. Um, and he's out here, yeah, having his seventh child. And it's like, this is just who I am. I'm a seahorse. I'm out here <laughs> being a seahorse, I guess. Well, Kate, my producer, pointed out that actually it's the male seahorses who carry the babies. Yeah. So probably he wouldn't be down for that. Yeah, I just think it's a really, there's a lot of things wrong with this story. Really poor analogy there to use about yourself. Well, I've been kind of following this because I listen to a podcast called Who Weekly, which is just mm. so wonderful. If you're into celeb stuff at all, it's a brilliant, brilliant podcast. But they've been following this closely. And it's just the fact that he he seems to have, rela- well, he does have a relationship with these two separate women. And both of them were pregnant at the same time. And mm-hmm. they both had these babies around the same time. And there's been this kind of question of like, what's going on? Nobody seems to be upset about it. Like nobody's yeah. giving out. There's no like and I hate this phrase, but like baby mama drama, like everybody seems to be cool with the situation. And it seems like he is absolutely supporting that view by yeah. saying, no, this is, this was all planned. And you know, it look, sound ideal. Why you not? keep the men on the outside, you <laughs> use them for reproduction and then you live your lives with your gal pals and your kids. I don't see a problem with it at all. I look, I think people should do whatever they want. And if Nick Cannon wants to be out here like a seahorse, then I, I support that as long as I think as someone needs to give everybody's Nick okay a, with it. Yeah. Just someone needs to give him a book on metaphors and it's like, choose wisely. <laughs> the next time that is that is not sexy or endearing or appropriate no um okay let's talk this is one of the the wildest stories i've encountered and hugely problematic in recent times and um, because a british influencer has undergone plastic surgery to look like a member of bts and um, a white british influencer mm-hmm yeah, so this this influence I'd never heard of him before. Uh, or sorry, they them he uh, they identify as non-binary. Uh, their name is Ollie London, and uh, recently went under a hundred and fifty thousand pounds worth of surgery to look Korean, and has come out and said, "Yes, I identify as Korean. Yes, I'm non-binary. Yes, I look like Jimin, but none of this should be a reason to outcast me from society." So obviously, people are drawing a lot of comparisons between Ollie and Rachel Dolezal, who you know years ago paraded herself as um, as a black woman, despite having very white heritage and very white parents. Um, so it, it's it's definitively not the same to compare. Um, being transgender to being transracial because uh, it's it's just it's not the same, um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. So there's obviously a lot of a lot of hate directed at Ali at the moment. I obviously don't endorse directing hate at anybody, but the controversy around it, I completely support. I think that this yeah. is a really inappropriate and um, offensive thing to to do. Yeah, you just can't change your race. No, you can't. You can't appropriate the experience, and especially, you know. I know. I kind of BTS, obviously, a huge, massive, massive band. He, they're probably not looking at the experiences of the members of BTS and thinking too in depthly about it, but to appropriate the kind of the historical um, past of of Korean people is just not right for an English person to do. Yeah, and they don't seem to get it. Like they they don't seem to kind of obviously some of the criticism as you said is is too too much and mm-hmm. I wouldn't obviously support anyone directing hate at anyone, but they really don't seem to get the the criticism or what's at the root of the valid criticism. And I, I, I yeah, you just kind of wonder are we going to see more of this kind of thing? Yeah, it's and it's I think it's really um 
I think it's really dangerous to compare it to something like gender, which yeah. is a construct and, and something we've done a lot of talking about recently. And, and it's something that a lot of people struggle with to then say, well, this is the same because I feel like I've grown up in the wrong body. It's like, oh, it's not. No. It's not the same. It's you not cannot. that. Well, good luck to Ollie. I don't think things are going to be very straightforward for them. Um, now, we've got lots more to talk about. Val Kilmer has a documentary coming out and apparently it's amazing. Also, Adam Driver has been attracting attention again and this is a very interesting one. Um, and we also have a truly hilarious story about David Schwimmer and Marcel the Monkey. So please do stick around. Louise McSherry on 2FM. Shiv featuring Nilo. More Irish music for you. That is the Nilo remix of Golden. I am still joined by Cassie Delaney, founder of Tall Tales Podcast Production. And we've got lots more to talk about in the world of celebs this week. Val Kilmer is a name that has not come up in this slot previously. No, he doesn't really come up on my radar ever. But this week I saw this everywhere because he's produced a documentary about himself. Yeah, but from being a child. He's one of these incredibly intelligent people who had the foresight to know that we'd want to know every detail of his life (laughs) at some stage. Um, So he's been filming himself since he was really, really young, all through his journey, um, his earliest jobs, trying to get on the stage, um, his relationship to his family, his brother's sad death. All of these things. And he's now worked with um, two film producers to piece together apparently hours and hours and hours of footage into a documentary they're calling absolutely incredible. Well, I have a little clip here of the trailer so you can get a feel for it. My name is Val Kilmer. I was recently diagnosed with throat cancer. I'm still recovering and it is difficult to talk and to be understood. But I want to tell my story more than ever. I spent decades finding my voice. I was a perfectly normal person. It's a story about my life that is also not my life. Oh, I mean, that's a good line. It's a story about my life, but it's also not my life. Yeah, so that's his son Jack's voice in the oh. voiceover. So his son Jack narrates the whole thing. I was thinking, I was like, that's such a young... I was like, that's weird. Maybe after his throat cancer, he sounds really young. That's his son. Yeah, his son does the voiceover, which I think is a really nice way to bring his family into yeah. it. So obviously it's going to be a really interesting look because Val Kilmer is like notoriously difficult, quote unquote, to work with. So it kind of presents his view of all these times where he was apparently, you know, very, very tough to work with on set when he was wow. in Batman and all that kind of thing. Now, people have kind of critics of the film, early critics, because it, it's it playing in cans at the moment, um, have said that obviously it's a very one sided look, that it's just well, completely yeah. through his eyes. But a really interesting thing to do to, to start filming and it sounds like he went through an awful lot of struggles after his his brother died um, after an epileptic fit when he was in the bath and to like work through that grief yeah. then to try and get his first acting jobs when he wasn't performing well when he wasn't yeah. doing things and then to go through a diagnosis like cancer and then building out his own family like yeah. you couldn't write it no and like obviously it's one sided it's his documentary about yeah. himself like I mean that's that's like Which there's no other way it could directed, be directed starred in um, produced and edited now of so, course like, it's going to be a little bit <laughs> biased but <laughs> apparently a great watch okay staying with film festivals um, there was a great story buzzing around the place about Adam Adam Driver this week. Yeah, so um, there is a new film, Annette, starring Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard, Colliard, and um, 
it is it's getting the strangest mixed reviews I've ever seen. So okay. some people are like, okay, I watched it. It's absolutely mad. It's crazy. I don't know if I liked it yet, but it's been the best opening of a film festival we've ever seen. Um, so it's a comedy drama musical. Um, and one of the biggest differences in this is usually when you're doing a, a, a musical film, the actors will pre-record the songs mm. and then just kind of, you know, lip sync for their lives during the, the recording. Uh, but Leo's wanted them to sing completely live this time. So um, there are some scenes of an intimate nature <laughs> where Adam is singing throughout them. Uh, so basically they're, they're singing through the sex scenes in real life because they wanted uh, the voices to be distorted right. by the actual sort okay, of like so action. Adam movie. is performing an mm. intimate act yeah and singing at the same time yes yes wow. um so we and we and see this in the film we see this so it huh. happens twice apparently wow, in the film. twice yeah um i mean so that's i have to say for representation that is fantastic to it hear is, it's good you love to see it i mean you don't see it enough you you don't see a man doing that singing uh, an awful lot on the telly or in the films um, but we do know that Adam has a great voice we do know that we do Marriage Story yes. that scene where he sings at Company being story. alive yeah oh my oh, it's god just spectacular that's the point of the film where I cry every I agree time. I have watched yeah. and listened to it so many times and I think I probably might cry through this just <laughs> Just to help me cope. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be, if it's intending. But yeah, it's it's getting so like, uh, Robbie Collin, one of the one of the early reviewers, is like, I can't, I, when I say I can't believe what happens in Annette, I mean, I literally have to keep checking my notebook <laughs> while writing the review to make sure I haven't imagined it. It is one of the maddest cans openers in a million years. So, Wonderful. Dying to watch it just for the controversy and to see. I want to see uh, this. Yeah. 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 How that that works wonderful um, and that's in cinemas in September um, okay so next up Gigi Hadid has written an open letter to the press um, regarding her children or her child mm-hmm. sorry her daughter yeah so this is really interesting um, I mean I can't believe we're still living in a day and age where people have to, to ask for privacy for children but mm. Gigi has come out and basically said that they have chosen not to put their daughter's face on social media and could the paparazzi please respect that so she's she's written a kind of a reading well articulated note to the paparazzi um, and her fan accounts saying that you know we've never intentionally shared our daughter's face on social media our wish is that she can choose to uh, share herself with the world when she comes of age and that she can live as normal a childhood as possible without worrying about a public image that she has not chosen which I think is really really uh, important and I really support her doing this mm. and I really hope that the paparazzi and her fan accounts follow suit and do agree to blur out the child's face when they when they picture Yeah, it's so hard when you're that famous. Mm. You know, I can only imagine, you know, because it's probably eventually going to be kind of unavoidable. Totally, yeah. Especially in New York where it seems that they're walking around, people are recognising Gigi, obviously, and and connecting the dots. But, you know, to have to come out and say, like, please just give my, you know, my less than, she's not even one yet. Please give her some privacy. It's just... That's the world we live in, but um, I really, yeah. really hope. So in a couple of states, apparently it's the law that you have yeah. to blur out a minor's face, which I think is really, really great. I was going to say that. It, and also it depends on state to state and it depends on the countries as well, because again, on Who Weekly, they were discussing this recently. And apparently in France, they have some of the strictest paparazzi laws that mm-hmm. like, you know, you can basically, if you're a celeb, you can, you can 
virtually just say that you don't want the photographs out there and then legally they can't have photographs yeah. out there even of you um, so I think yeah pro- we probably all need to examine what's appropriate and what's not appropriate yeah it's so interesting because even um, Julipa this week was was facing a lawsuit because she shared a paparazzi photo on her own Instagram yes account. and it's that kind of conversation around who you owns know, the subject and the image owner it's yeah. just it's too blurry and I think we definitely need to consider um, how we I suppose how we capture celebrities in the wild like yeah. if, it, if they're with children maybe leave them be I always think it's so lovely to think of how it would be in Ireland like when yeah. when Beyonce and Jay-Z were strolling through the Phoenix Park and everyone was just like how are you Beyonce yeah. how are you Jay Zoo's over that way you know and we yeah. didn't really see that many pictures of it yeah we're pretty I do think as a nation we're pretty good about that stuff yeah um, it would be great if we could stay that way I mean I think as well there's kind of a new a new aspect to this whole conversation because obviously we do have social media now so we do tend to we get to see more of celebs like it used mm-hmm. to be the only way you could see a celeb's hair or makeup outfit whatever was through paparazzi shots you know on yeah. any given day but that's not the case anymore so yeah people should have more control but it's interesting that we have these kind of two simultaneous conversations where Gigi has to ask for this publicly and we're like retrospectively criticising how we treated Britney yeah you know and it's like let's let's learn from the past and we don't make the same yeah. mistakes so yeah. I really really hope that for Gigi's sake and for the child's sake that, that they do get this privacy yeah that's a good point um, okay now <laughs> I love this story. David Schwimmer was very critical of Marcel the monkey in the recent Friends reunion. Yeah, he was. It was a bit mean. So there's two. There was two monkeys. Um, And we really got the sense that David didn't enjoy working with the monkey. I mean, not even the sense. I think he literally said he hated working with the (laughs) monkey. Uh, And so David has said that the reason he didn't like working with the monkey was because they would often have to reshoot things because the monkey was responsible for like hitting its mark and making sure the scene was as it was directed out to be. And it was really hard to work with the monkey. Never work with animals and children. Yeah. Um, Or David Schwimmer, apparently. (laughs) So now the, the animal trainer, Mike Morris, has come out and said that actually David's just jealous of the monkey uh, and that David was really angry because the monkey was getting more laughs than David was and was a scene stealer essentially and everybody loved the monkey Um, and at the start David really liked the monkey but after a few episodes when he realised the monkey was funnier than him he started to hate the monkey (laughs) so I was like this is just this is the strangest kind of like celebrity beef I've ever seen but Mike Morris went on to say that he actually was so annoyed and upset with David that he didn't watch the reunion Oh well I mean that is a real indictment Yeah Um, I have a clip here we can hear we can listen to uh, Ross and Marcel vying for laughs. Marcel, where are you going with that disc? You are not putting that on again. Marcel, okay, if you press that button, you are in very, very big trouble. A truly iconic scene, and it has to be said, Marcel getting the laughs. Absolutely, Marcel definitely funnier <laughs> than David Schwimmer. But I love this, because obviously, if you look at it seriously, it's like, no, I mean, you can totally see that you would be gung-ho about this, you know, working with an animal or a child or whatever, anyone difficult, initially, because it sounds great. But then a few episodes in, you might be like, well, the reality of this is I have to shoot my scenes like 10 times longer. Like, yeah, and the monkey is constantly on his shoulder. Like, <laughs> if you didn't like monkeys, yeah. it would be an uncomfortable position to be in. And it's clear, David hates monkeys. <laughs> oh, David, come on. Why can't you just like the monkey? Come on. Um, well, Cass, uh, thank you so much for taking us through those stories. It is just wonderful to hear about the shalabs. Um, it, like... 
I just live to read it. I live to read oh, it. Just love it all. I love, I just love it. I love the, I love what we're talking, the way we're having conversations <laughs> about Britney and Paris and the way David hates monkeys. I just love it all. Well, um, thank you so much. And I'm sure we will be speaking to you um, very soon about these crazy celebs again. I hope you have a wonderful week. Where can people find you, Cass? Um, I'm everywhere on the internet at Cassie Lorraine. Wonderful. Louise McSharry on 2FM.